Hi, good evening, welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Uh, I'm on my own again. There's no Sam. There's no Imran. Um, this this week or this weekend, sorry, this week I am joined by Owen Diana. Thank you very much for joining me. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here, Scott. Thank you so much. Glad I can keep you company in the absence of your fellow co-host. <laughs> no, it's fine. I did one on my own on Monday <laughs> evening with the excellent Manir from the Distant Looping. That was a very good episode. Um, before I start, just wanted to talk about yourself. Um, the platform is all yours. Just tell it, tell our audience about yourself. Well, my name is Owen. I'm a sports journalist based out of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I cover Roma for Football Italia. And also a lot of Liga Max as well for a bunch of different places. Um, me on Twitter, I'm at Four Kicks Blog. That's where I do a lot, of, where a lot of my work shows up. In addition to on Football Italian. Welcome to the bandwagon of the AS Roma. Of the, it'll get you as a supporter the ups and the downs. Um, how long have you been supporting Roma for? So about a year, year and a half now. Oh, that's um, not bad. You're a newbie. I've always been a fan of. Yeah, not not that long. No, <laughs> I have. I mean, I've always. I've. So I've been following Serie A. I've been very interested in Serie A for maybe ten, fifteen years. Oh, good. The games in the United States they used to be on Fox Soccer, um, and so Roma was always a team that I had uh, that I had a liking for. Um, their games were always on. Back then, they had Totti. Obviously, mm. they had. I remember Juan was a player I really oh, liked. God, center, yeah. The center back too. They had with Berdiso as well. They had a really great team. Um, obviously, titles were pro- you know for fan for people who who like teams that win a lot of trophies. Rome is not necessarily the team for you, but they played some really good stuff. Um, I've been fortunate enough to visit Rome. I really like the city. Yeah, it's amazing, um, isn't it? So for all all those kind of things, you know, as as my you know as I started writing for Football Italia, I said you know kind of formalize my interest so to speak in Serie I thought it would be worth actually finding a team to support and so Roma was the one I went with How did you find Rome as a city? I really liked obviously really busy and yeah. you know there's a lot of a lot of tumult I think being there I was there for I think about a week that was the perfect amount of time I think living there you know potentially would be would be crazy mm. also the driving coming from the United States I mean we Boston, for example, has a reputation for being, you know, we're bad drivers here or aggressive drivers. And then you go to a place like Rome and oh my God. you you realize that it's a completely different world. It's it's way worse. The taxi drivers take no mercy. I remember been in yeah, a few taxi rides from the airport from Regina to the hotel and back. Oh, my goodness. You fear for your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Coming, crazy. F- coming from the UK to Rome, uh, you, you do see the changes with the, the driving. It's not as bad over here, but like like in the States, it's uh, a bit of a culture shock from what you see here in the UK to Italy, uh, sorry, Rome for driving and um, also the States. Um, we were talking to Sam pre-pod and he's stuck in traffic in, in, in Miami and he sent us both a picture of his... Of, um, of the traffic, yeah, the traffic in the States. Well, I've, I've been to Orlando, and yeah, that was very unpleasant, being stuck in Orlando traffic at, like, rush hour. And I don't know, probably, is it as bad as it 
is in Boston or? No, I don't think so. I mean, the, the other thing about Florida traffic theoretically is it's also a hundred degrees. Oh, sticks, God, yeah. so at, least, at least we love to deal with that up here. <laughs> yeah. I was there in eight, April for WrestleMania 33. So that was 2017. Uh-huh. And it was ridiculously hot. The traffic was disgusting. So I feel for anyone who lives in the Orlando and Miami area for traffic. Um, first just wanted to talk about uh, the game on Wednesday evening. You said to me that you've only seen the highlights. What did you think of the, the game from the highlights that you saw? Well, from the highlights, and then I also I was checking out what Fonseca said after the game. Yeah. I think the thing that stands out, especially as it relates to the Derby, I think it's it, it connects. I mean, first of all, you could go over the you know the failure to beat the big teams. I mean that that's been discussed at this point to death. Mm. Um, that was Inter's 15th straight win in Serie A, I believe. I mean, losing to them is not necessarily you know given how bad we've been doing in Serie A. Um, over the last couple of months, I mean, there's not necessarily any shame in that. Um, I think the bigger concern is Fonseca after the game saying we knew that they were going to counterattack and it's still, you still let it happen. Mm. It still happened. The second goal. I mean, Lukaku's a great counter, one of the best counterattacking, perhaps the best counterattacking forward in the world, but nevertheless, you let them counterattack and score on you. And, that was a problem in the Derby, in the first Derby, and I think that's what Lazio are going to look to do again. They're going to look to hit on the counter with Correa and Immobile. So now the the confidence that you know, obviously Roma have been a wreck defensively during the whole Fonseca regime, but whether or not they can actually, you know, they say, okay, we know Lazio is going to counterattack. We know this is how it's going to, ha- you know, how things are going to transpire. But can you stop it? Yeah, that's going to be a, a problem, especially with the front two. And Chiro Mobley, who I think is maybe his fourth season in a row where he's hit 20-plus goals, and he's hit, uh, I, I did some research today, it's 123 to 175 in Serie A, just for Lazio, and 150. It's ridiculous. He's one of the, the better strikers in Italy in the last 10 years. Um I just hope he doesn't score a hat trick tomorrow, but I feel it. He could, he could bag a few tomorrow after with our defence. Um, do you agree with the change of shape that there's, that has happened in the last couple of weeks? Would switch from the back three, which was quite stodgy, to a more, I would say, functional four-two-three-one, which Fonseca started with when in his first year. Right. I, I, I think they're. I have no problem with it. I mean, I think certainly, you know, as you look at the intergame using a four, you won the previous two games using a four. Yeah. So there's no reason not to continue with that. I can't, I can't fault him for that. It's a system that he's used most of his career. Um, you know, and he tried to start with it in Rome. So I don't think it, there, there was any reason to necessarily keep the three for, for as long as he did. Um, it's a system, you know, he knows the four a little bit better. Um, so I'm completely fine with that. And I think at times I've at least noticed this season or been given the impression in certain games, especially against the bigger teams. I'm thinking when we played Napoli at home, for mm-hmm. example, you're playing with a three, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're more organized defensively or in a better setup. There are times where it's looked like, okay, you've had three center backs, but they're not really sure where they're supposed to be. There's positional issues. There's communication issues, especially against more mobile front front lines there have been problems mm-hmm. so i think a four is the system that 
you know, it's it's a more common system. So theoretically, your defenders are more accustomed to playing in that system, um, and they, you know, be able to figure it out a little bit quicker, even though it's been a long time since it's been played. Yeah, it's so July 2020 first implemented the back three. It was against Napoli, so it's been a good what ten ten months without switching back to right. the four two three one. Mm, um, correct. I do feel that it's got the best out of the attackers in the last couple of games. Like Henrik Mkhitaryan has been excellent in the last couple of games. He could have bagged a few against Manchester United if it wasn't for David De Gea pulling off that excellent save in the right. first, first couple of minutes. That was amazing. And also, I think he's got the best out of the, the, one of the fullbacks and Rick Carstop. He's been, uh, for me, I think the guys on the commentary, the UK guys, were saying that if, who would be Roma's player of the season. He would be probably one of the top three, along with Jordan Vera, two in uh, Spinazzola. Um, but I just feel the switch has helped him because he got an assist on Sunday for the uh, second to last goal for Mkhitaryan. And he has been the bright light this season for, for Roma. And today he's been included in Holland's preliminary squ- uh, squad for for Euros, which is absolutely amazing for a, a player who looked to be leaving last summer. I just wanted to know what's your thoughts on Rick Karsdorp? I think well-deserved and you hinted at it there with in addition to him playing really well this season, it's also a feel-good story. Yeah. Uh, given that he looked like he's on, he was on the way out, the injury problems he's had. Um, and I think he's someone that the fans have really started to identify with. Or, you know, that well-publicized incident in the second leg with Cavani and then Mancini oh, God, getting yeah. involved as well. A little bit of afters there. So he's a player that, that seems to feel the shirt that, that is really fighting for Roma. So I, you know, I think that's something that obviously the fans will be able to get behind. In addition to the fact that he's he's been very good going forward, especially yeah. assists. At, at one point, I'm not sure what the numbers are now, but at one point around January, February, he was already up to five assists in the league. He was he was the leading assist man in Syria amongst defenders. Hmm. I'm sure he's been passed by Hakimi subsequently, yeah. but he's still you know that's I mean that's almost more to do with the fact that the team's been struggling in the yeah. league as you know than than the fact that he's been um maybe off the boil a little bit i don't think that's as much the case no i think it's um six assists now one goal uh in seria that's a very good return for a right back slash right wing back who's with the team has been struggling right. for the last two three months um i wanted to talk about um, actually, a, a part of the game, do you, like with the second half chance, I know you you only caught the highlights. And um, mm-hmm. do you think on any other day Roma could have got something out of the game with the chances they sort of created in the second half? Because it was all Roma, and then Inter sadly hit Roma on the counter attack with, as you said earlier, Akimi and then Lukaku. Right. And then and it was I think ball game. It was three one. Right. I think I think for sure. I mean, again, without having watched the whole match. If Jekko hits the post, or if, Jekko, yeah. if that ball goes, yeah. in, that doesn't hit the post from Jekko on the turn, it's two all. Roma also out. They had more shots. Um, they had just as many shots on target. Um, I also looked at the expected goal numbers. I mean, Inter for winning three one, the expected goals was basically the same. I mean, when you look at it from a metrics perspective, I think you could say that Roma potentially deserves something from that. Um, it's unfortunate, but at least as it relates to the target, which is sewing up seventh place, at least you had Sassuolo losing. So you still got 
you're still there, this is going to be a tough. I mean, the Derby becomes even more important for for seventh place. Obviously, some people can say, is it even worth trying to get into the Conference <laughs> League? That's yeah. another conversation, I think. But um, certainly, they you know they can feel hard done by. I think to to not have taken something from the game, but but then again, I mean, you're conceded. You know, from what I've read, again, you you start well. And then they score basically with the first chance of the game. Yeah. That re- that's I think similar kind of to the when we went to um, Juventus earlier in February. Similar, similar from you know starting well first ten or fifteen minutes. First thing Juventus does, Ronaldo puts it away. Kind of that clinical edge I think is is what separates maybe elite teams from very good teams. And I think that's that's something that you know Jekyll's a great striker, but Roma I think lack that really really world-class quality up front yeah the killer edge up front that that Juventus game still sort of haunts me I I still look at the stats from that game and it's just like it's really really strange that Juve won 2-0 with just three shots on target and Roma dominated the game playing the back three and uh, oh it just uh, like like the game on Wednesday night it could have been something something different I just wanted to the final part on on the inter game um Ibrahim mm-hmm. Adabo, how do you feel he's adapted to first-team football and the appearances that he's had over the last couple of weeks? What's your thoughts on him so far? I think he's looked really good. I think the the thing that's really stood out for, me, for a player in that position um, is he looks comfortable on the ball. Obviously, he had a, a big error um, that almost cost a goal against mm-hmm. Inter, but with that being said, certainly in the United game, kind of his, his debut... Um, he looked very composed and especially coming, you know, it was a situation where someone had been injured. He's coming in. It's not like you're prepared to start and you've got some time to kind of chew on that and get ready. Um, he just, you know, is kind of thrown into fire and, and looks composed on the ball. I think that's, that's a great sign for him. Um, with, you know, supposing he stays under Mourinho, which I'm sure he, he will, um, we'll see how many chances he gets, but Mourinho's obviously a great defensive coach, so he can work with players in, in terms of positioning and things like that. Um, what's more important, I think, is that he has the quality um, to move the ball around and keep possession. Yeah, what struck me is that um, he's 19, and he, like the first couple of minutes on Sunday against Crotone, he was telling seasoned professionals like Mancini and Banyas. I know Banyas mm-hmm. is only, I think this is probably his first full season of men of, of like first team football. He was mm-hmm. telling him what, what, telling those guys, sorry, to do what to do with the ball, to pass it either to the left or to the right, and just to keep right. the goal, to, sorry, to keep the game flowing. And it was just like this kid's 19. The world is at his feet, and it's just like he's going to be a really, really top-class player for Roma. I just hope next season he does get the chances in Mourinho's system, even if it's just like uh, the like maybe a cup game and some games in the mm-hmm. Conference League. If the if Roma do, if if sorry, if Mourinho doesn't throw like a Z team into that, which I kind of feel he (laughs) might he might do but nah um yeah he's i think he's gonna be a really good player for roma um just the world is at his feet and to see what happens in the summer Mm -hmm. um so next we go over to saturday's game saturday evening for me in the uk it's probably saturday mid-afternoon for you in the states a a really good kickoff time for you in the states it's a great kickoff yeah it is three Uh, o'clock three o'clock three o'clock on the east coast it's 
it's perfect. Yeah. It's, all, it's what I've grown up with too. So I don't, there's a certain nostalgia there at the the big Serie A game starting at three. So I'm quite jealous adds of a you guys. Bit extra excitement. Yeah, I was speaking to Sam like before recording. He called me. He said, "Yeah, because I'm 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 always used to these two forty-five three p.m. games here in the states. I'm like you, jammy so and so. If for us it's like <laughs> eight o'clock at night, seven forty-five. I like pre-pandemic, I was going to watch my local team play at three o'clock and then seven forty-five uh-huh. uh, for the night game. So I'm like you, jammy so. So then you could just watch like MLS in the evening." Or Liga MX or like the South American exactly. leagues, yeah, it's just like that. Um, but I just wanted to ask, what's your thoughts on the derby? It's like the final home game of the season. Uh, Roma have actually got a very good home record this season. I think it's forty-one points from eighteen games. I was looking at on transfer mart this afternoon. Um, so, what's your main takeaways and points going into the derby game tomorrow? I think there's obviously a lot of motivation considering that's just the derby, but then there's also this Mourinho factor. I think mm-hmm. there's been improvement in performances since that announcement, um, knowing that he's going to be watching the game that's as big as this. Um, they haven't Roma haven't beaten Lazio since I think September 29th, 2018. So yeah. it's now it's four games, two losses, two draws. Um, that that needs to end. I think that's got to be the main motivation as well. But um, as we were touching on earlier a little bit, I think from a tactical standpoint, matchup standpoint, it's it's worrisome because Lazio do have a lot of great going forward. They're great, um, you know. Luis Alberto torched us last time. He's going to be there. Milinkovic Savic, it looks like, might be back from the nose fracture. Um, you've got the front two of Correa and Immobile. We'll have to see how we match up with them defensively. Kind of, you know, I, I'm. Based off what Fonseca has been saying, it looks like maybe a more defensive setup than than what we're maybe used to, or kind of what we've been seeing certainly in the Europa League knockout stages. But that's not guaranteed to work. I think we've tried that a little bit in Serie A over the last couple months. It hasn't in bigger games certainly hmm. hasn't worked very well. You know, you could get into the specifics of the Ajax tie. Certain the first leg, I think, you know, we rode our luck a little bit. Um, and they, you know, they, they were probably on top at some points, even the second leg, again, playing with this kind of more defensive outlook. So it, it makes me nervous, I think, definitely, tomorrow. Yeah, the part of me feels a little bit nervous just because they exploited the uh, Roma's left-hand side in the first game. Uh, they targeted, like, Roger Obanez, the So uh, Manuel Lazzari, who, right, who plays right wing back, is, I think up, up there is one of the quickest players in Serie A. Um, really, really, really good going forward. I think he's a bit questionable with his defensive problems, but I think Lazio will look to him as a counter-attacking threat, and then to bring in Luis Alberto and Chiro Mobile and Joaquin Correa. I did see something on the Gazeta Formation website saying that Marco Parolo looks to be set to be uh, taking uh, Milinkovic Savic's place after he played with a broken nose which looked horrific when watching the game last Saturday so that could be um, a bit of a problem for Lazio but the Parolo is a very it's a, a quite a, a good defensive player but they might miss that attacking spark going forward I do agree that Roma may suffer on the counter attack just because the Lazio 
do play quick transitional football going forward, and especially with a strike partnership of Correa and Amorbele, who are both very quick themselves. Like Roma's defensive problems could be like it could be quite bad, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> you have to be hopeful to be a Roma fan and to to, to go into a derby game. But there is some their nerves. Um, do you think with with this game? Do you think he'll go with the four two three one, or do you think he might go back to like a maybe a three five one one, or just a little bit? Or a four-three-three with with a holder with uh, Darbo just in front of the back four. I think definitely putting a holder in front of the back four would be smart in whatever formation you're you're planning on using. Um, I think if lots if if Caicedo were to be starting, I would say definitely go with the three just mm. to match up three center backs against two more true center forwards. But Correa is much more mobile, so I think you using a three. I'm not sure would make a lot of sense in this. You know. You'd then be looking at three guys marking basically just a mobile light yeah. and Correa kind of floating around, moving out wide. So I think in addition to the fact that the back four has brought relatively good results in a small sample size, there's certainly an upturn in results, um, I see him sticking with that. And as you were saying before, it's also been kind of maximizing the potential of some of the better elements of the squad, the cars, dwarfs, um, the attackers have been looking better. So I think there's no reason to, to stray from that. Yeah. I, I would, would like to see maybe like a four, three, three with Darbo just in front with Cristante's actually been for me, probably one of the top five players of the season for Roma. He's been utilized mm-hmm. very, very well in a back three. And, and he's actually played pretty well as a pivot alongside Darbo. So you can probably see him, Cristante and Pellegrini sort of maybe floating. So you'd have one just sitting, Cristante just in front, and then maybe Pellegrini off to the left a little bit further forward. Maybe Mkhitaryan and Pedro or El Shirari as you two wingers with Jekyll up top. I'd just like to see that bit of solidity. Um, we've conceded so many goals this season. I think it may be, I think it's 58, I think it is, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. That has to be eradicated, especially when you're going into a derby game and then you're playing Spezia next week who are, are in a relegation dogfight and could be sucked into it. It It is a little bit concerning, but I would like to see a 4-3-3, um, especially with the midfield who's actually played pretty well in the last couple of weeks. Um, my final thought on the derby is... Um, what's your predictions... I know it's probably. I think Rome are going to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting a two-one. I think I'd be surprised if they don't concede, just because yeah. you conceded. I just looked. I think it's 56. This oh, 56. Season. Sorry, but, but it was a lot. It was it was 50, 50 something last year. 51, I believe. I mean, conceded over 100 goals yeah. just in Serie A alone in Fonseca's tenure. I mean, to think against one of the better teams, you know, again with the struggles against the big teams, the struggle, recent struggles in the derbies, to think that they won't concede. Um, I'd be surprised, but I think they can they can do enough going forward to pull it out. And like I said, I think the Mourinho factor has been big here. And they're you know having the you know having the Darboways, even Zalewski coming in a little bit yeah. here. Um, it, there's kind of a, there's there's a freshness around the club. I think um, a renewed kind of sense of optimism that I think is is big before a game like this. Even though Fonseca is 
still the manager and is on his way out. Yeah, um, I'm hopeful. I, I'm probably gonna. I, I think we might sneak it. I did say in a in a and then another group chat. I said we Fonseca as a parting gift has to win this game. And I think it has to do it for the fans. I do think Roma have been playing really well in the last couple of weeks and look a different side since the news has come out over him and Mourinho coming in. So I'm hopeful. I think we might win it. I, I, I would say 2-1 as well. I, don't, I do see us conceding, but you never know. We could be made to look stupid come like 10pm, 11pm <laughs> local <Sure>. time. <laughs> before, like After this has come out and now you're just thinking, oh no, let's have won this game like 2-3-1. You're just thinking, oh no, don't worry. But I am quite confident, but... It, this is Roma and this is a derby game. It's like the form book is thrown out the window. It's like looking into this game, Lazio's form going into this game is ridiculous. It's eight wins out of ten. So they lost to Napoli in that crazy game. I think it was five yeah. two. And then they lost to Fiorentina. Fiorentina played I watched this game. Fiorentina played really, really well. So they set up really defensively and hit them on the counter attack with Vlaevic and Ribery. And Lazio just could not get into the game. So I'm just hoping Roma defend a lot better. And if you see Mancini, if it's Mancini and Kumbula, or if it's Mancini and Ibanez, you got one very mobile defender and one very good defender who is quite ballsy. Actually, both are quite ballsy. They're quite both of them are risk taking. Sure. <laughs> Mancini, I will say this, and I will say this as an expletive. Mancini is a right bastard. So he's, he's a bastard of a defender. So he plays the game just with elbows. Like I think he almost you saw the Mason Greenwood incident in the Champions League, uh, the oh, Europa right. League game, and you were talking about it earlier. Exactly. I think he was either going to get himself sent off. So I would, Mancini will play this game like with his heart on his sleeve. If it's a Banez, he's a risk taker and he's got a point to prove after the last derby where he was got up big time by Lazio. I think they targeted him for maybe his, his weakness with like a little bit on the ball and they got to him and it, it really affected him because the last, I'd probably say up until a couple of weeks ago, his form has really dropped, but we'll wait and see. Um, my final question about this is, um, What's your thoughts on Jason Mourinho and him coming to the club and how do you see Roma going forward in the summer and into next season? I think it's a really exciting move. I think regardless, you could argue of how it turns out on a sporting level. I mean, you could have a disaster, but Mm. even if that were to happen, I think it's already been a good move. I mean, everyone's talking about before, before the move happened, if anyone were to be talking about Roma who wasn't already a fan or really, you know, in touch with Serie A, they would have been saying, well, Roma are doing really terribly. They've lost six in a row. What's going on? This, this Mm. team's a disaster. And then there's, they've still lost the six in a row, but then everyone in the world is talking about Roma in a positive light and their stocks are going through the roof in the stock market in Milan. I think it's, it's already brought the club a lot of attention. It's given the club a certain prestige. Um, not to say that they didn't already have that, but it's you know there's a kind of a new new attitude around the club. So I think from that perspective, it's already a positive move. And I think if you look at where Fonseca has fallen short, Mourinho is a specialist in those areas. So if you're trying, you know, if you if you're looking at it from a from a sporting perspective, he's obviously won a lot of titles 
and things like that. I think the focus shouldn't necessarily be right away on winning titles first season, maybe even second season, but mm. he, he'll definitely, he'll be, the first thing he'll be doing, it will be looking to improve the defense and that, that weakness, which I think is, is what Roma need. And then I think that kind of leads into what potentially could happen in the market. I think you got to look to somehow shore up the defense. I don't know if that, if that means, you know, you, you've got players who I think are talented. I've seen Abanias, for example, have great games. He's just inconsistent and mm. capable. Also, you know, he's capable of, of greatness, but he's also capable of shocking moments. Yes. Um, so whether or not Mourinho chooses to kind of stick or twist with those, with those types of players will be interesting. I think, you know, you could bring another goalie in. Pau's been much improved the last few months, but. Well, you know, there's now obviously the the situation with the with the shoulder, but I think Roma could do with a more solid goalkeeper. Um, you have to figure out what the situation is, maybe with some cover at right back. Reynolds, in, in his few appearances, I'm I'm not sure. He's young, he so you, you'll probably green. stick with him, right? But I don't I don't know if that might be send him out on loan to a to another team in Serie A, try to get some more experience cover there for Karsdorp. Um, you have to figure out what's going to happen. I don't know if it's worth moving around too much in midfield. I think Veratu is a Mourinho type player. Yeah. Uh, I really like VR. I've got a soft spot for him. Um, maybe, maybe an improvement on a Diawara type. Maybe someone, you know, who can come in and be an improvement there and Dubrowi could spell him. And then you have to figure out what you're doing up front because. Even when things were going well this season, it's a very old front line, minus Meyer all. So you need to figure out what the. Uh, given their p- past history, I'm not sure Mkhitaryan's going to be staying. No, I don't think so um, either. So you you obviously need a replacement for Mkhitaryan. Ideally, a younger replacement. Um, what are you going to do at center forward? Jekko's really getting up there in age. I mean, Mourinho has always been one to you know in every team he's been to he finds kind of his players of experience who become his generals we'll see if Jacko can become that type of player i think there's certainly the potential but i'm not sure you want Jacko at will he be 36 next year yeah. now i don't know if 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 Roma are trying to advance and move forward if you can have someone at that age as your starting center forward i think it depends on what on how much money the freakins are willing to to throw at it, but I think a Balotti or a Vlaovic names like that that have been uh, thrown around, I think would I I would do that. That's that's why I'd, I think they'll end up spending most of the money that I, they're given. I do agree with you on the striker form. I do, I feel that Bochamaira will get another year at Roma as as a yes. as the backup. I think that's a very good shrewd sign. And if he does, oh, he's got 18 goals in all competitions this season. There's 11 in Serie A and seven in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I would like a Bellotti. Um, I do feel like a like a maybe a muscular striker could be good, quite good for in Mourinho's system. So. He bought Bergvine from. I'm not suggesting Stephen Bergvine from from, <laughs> from Tottenham because Bergvine plays a different um, position. But there's another player at PSV. It's a uh, Daniel Marlin. He's ex Arsenal, and Marlin's like a good, well-built striker. I don't know if they will go for that, but I think that could be a quite fit. Also, there's a guy uh, in Czech Republic. Um, 
I, I, I do botch this name, is Adam Holosic. I think I've probably botched it. Um, if anyone plays football manager or like the stats on that, he's a wonder kid. So um, I think he's either he's either at one of the two prior clubs, but he's he's been touted around. I think he's 18 and it looks looks the real deal. I wouldn't be surprised if someone goes in for Dusan Vlajevic. Like Rocco Camiso's upped his price like 20 million euros every like three days. <laughs> like last That's week, like 80 million. Yeah, yeah, it's up to 80, I saw it on Football Italia and some yeah. other like websites. It was up to 80 million euros. I was like, no one's going to offer that. I know he's the the talks have bought for a new on a new deal, but yeah, I could see a Vlavic, I could see a Bellotti, I could see a, a, a Daniel Marlon. There's, there's other strikers in Italy that could do well. Um, Simi wouldn't be a bad shout, but that that could be like as a backup. But he's done really well at Crotone. But yeah, this this um, this summer this transfer window is going to be crucial for the type of football that Mourinho wants to play. I would, my final question on all of this: um, Do you think his tactics are actually suited to Italian football? Um, I know that. There's last couple of spells in England with Manchester United and Tottenham, like they could be a bit outdated and a bit dinosaur, as as, as I've seen on social media. But it's quite what he did with Inter 11 years ago. Do you think his his tactics are a bit more suited to Italian football? I think they are, and I also think just the the fact that he's going to come into Italian football and he's got this kind of legendary status here already and people love him. I think we'll give him a lot of leeway, which will be helpful. But, um, I mean, I think Italian football has gotten much more attacking. You know, I think in a lot of parts of the world, certainly in America, maybe where people aren't uh, as much on the up and up in terms of soccer, you know, there are a lot of soccer fans here, but your average fan might not know as much, you know, people would, you'd say Italian football and people would think, Oh, it's very defensive, still very reactive. And I think, that's changed a lot, certainly in the last couple of years. Has Mourinho changed tactic- tactically in the last couple of years? No, not really. So I'm not sure it's actually the best fit, but if you just think about what this Roma team needs in the short term, at least, where can Roma improve? It's defensively. Defense, yeah. It's solidity. And if there's one thing Mourinho is going to at least try to provide, and he's usually successful in providing at least in the short to medium term, it's defensively. Where where Mourinho really falls down, I think, it, with the bigger team, you know, Roma's going to be, you know, you could probably equate them to a Tottenham, certainly, but is the, you know, the expectation that, okay, this is a big team you're managing, why are you being so defensive? I think maybe the Roma supporters would be a little bit more patient, um, especially in the first year or two, the squad is in, isn't a you know a title challenging squad by any means you know a trophy challenging squad so i think there there's a little more leeway for him to be to be quite defensive and i think at the same time um he's had problems you know over his career second or third year the dressing room kind of starts to go he wears thin i think again roma not being a squad with all due respect with as much potential as a you know, Real Madrid or Manchester United or Chelsea, some of the other teams he's managed, I think there might be more patience from the side of the players too. So I think there's a chance that that it could work in that sense. I am quite looking forward to what he does with Zaniolo next season. I do feel that the 
the chains will be unleashed, the shackles from underneath his feet will be let loose, and I could see Zaniolo really ripping it up for Mourinho in the next couple of years if someone doesn't come in for him, because he's had 18 months of really, really bad luck with two really serious knee injuries. And I'd like to see what he does in pre-season and what Mourinho does with him, if he can stick him out on the right or plays him behind a, a, a very mobile striker. We could have some fun in the next couple of years and it could be really, really, really good to watch. Um, Owen, thank you very much for joining me on this Friday evening for me, UK, and Friday afternoon for you in Boston. Um, and we'll just want to plug your socials and and then we can get on with this. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Scott, for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Really enjoyed being oh, no on. Worries. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at um, at Four Kicks Blog. That's that's my Twitter handle. That's the only only social that I'm really on. <laughs> Don't worry, it's no not, Instagram, no, Instagram, no, no like Facebook, that, but Twitter, Twitter. I do have Facebook, but again, it's yeah. Just follow me on Twitter um, at Four Kicks Blog. And you like cover Liga MX, cover AS Roma for Football Italia. And uh, yeah. you, you can follow me at, at Scott underscore Monroe. You can follow our podcast at Le Magicast, and you could find the podcast on all Apple podcast platforms. So that's like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I think it's TuneIn, Podbean, Spotify. If I if I forget anything else, I apologise. Um, Owen, thank you again for joining me on this Friday afternoon for you and Friday evening for me in the UK. And always for Saroma and ciao.